0: What's up, Voyagers? This is the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 76, Pancakes Around the World. I'm recording this intro from Central Jakarta. Man, I have been eating, eating a lot. It's incredible to me that I've spent, you know, so much time at this point in Indonesia. And almost daily, I'm discovering something new to eat. Notable mentions of late are um, Burbur Ayam, which is kind of like a congee. It's a breakfast dish. It's rice that is is almost like creamy. It's like rice porridge. And, and the ayam is the chicken, the shredded chicken and uh, crunchy rice chips, Salty soy sauce, there's something sweet in there. They put like chicken stock powder. Good God, man. And it's so cheap if you get it on the street. The other night I went to the Gojek Food Festival and had soto betawi, soto is soup. Um, This had, my God, like really tender beef in it and a coconut lemongrass stock. Whew! eating good here. And on that theme, my guest today is Robin Vogelard. He is from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And what he does is he hosts pancake parties around the world. Essentially, he comes into a city and he puts on a free event. Anybody can attend. And you get to go and eat pancakes. Now, really... While the pancakes are sort of the the medium, really the thing that you're getting out of attending one of these events is that you get to meet so many people, uh, potentially like-minded people, other travelers, other people who are willing and uh, eager to meet people from around the world. So just the other night right here in Jakarta, Robin hosted one of his pancake parties, and 300 people showed up, packed a place that didn't fit 300 people. So there was a queue to to get online to get free pancakes. But it's an incredible method for him to be able to see the world. Now, I've talked to people, I've had people uh, email me, I've seen this as the topic of you know, other forms of content that people put out, whether it's podcasts or videos, that there are people who want to be traveling, want to be living their their dream life. And honestly, like, I spent a lot of time daydreaming about this very thing, and now I'm doing it. And I can see that there are, there's probably a lot of components, but two of the main ones are that you have to be willing to do the work, right? You have to be willing to kind of suffer through the bad times, But you also have to be creative. And I know that there's people who think, well, there's already a million content creators, there's a million bloggers, there's a million people that have podcasts already. Like, How would I ever be able to stand out? Well, try. I mean, Robin did it. I think that hosting pancake parties is pretty unconventional. I don't know of many other people who are doing that, if there are any other people doing that. But Robin's now able to garner interest for these events. You'll hear him talk about how now he has sponsorship opportunities. He has people who are reaching out to him saying, come to our city, come to our hotel, come to our our restaurant or bar and host one of your events because it's good for them to have the attention and the people there. And then in turn, that is good for him. So to me, I hope that this is, you know, a way to inspire you and to show you that it is possible to live this type of a lifestyle. But again, you have to be willing to put in the work, which we talked about, and you have to kind of come up with something creative, come up with a niche, come up with you know, something that other people aren't already doing. And I know that the theme of this podcast has been travel, but I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of, of month three right now. And I don't say, say this in a bragging sense, but when I reflect... On the three months, I think I've gone cliff jumping in the Philippines. I trekked into the mountains north of Manila to get a tattoo from Apovang Odd, 101-year-old Kalinga tattoo artist. I used to watch episodes of Bourdain, and I was fascinated by his Borneo episode. So I sort of recreated it. I went to a longhouse. I drank uh, rice whiskey in a longhouse. I got a traditional tattoo from Boyce Graham. I went to Brunei, a place that was never on my radar that I think on paper some Westerners might be fearful to travel to. And I met amazing people and had really an incredible time. I was in Lombok in the Gili Islands during the, the series of earthquakes. I've been to Jakarta twice now. I spent almost a month in Sri Lanka. I've had amazing days. I've hung out with people I've loved. I've had hard days. I've, had, I've been with people who quite annoyed me. Uh, I've, I've been through times where I wished someone else was there. I've had the full spectrum of possible experiences. And this is exactly what I wanted. I was able to to sort of craft this life. And I think that regardless of what the thing is, I think that everybody sort of dreams about something. You know, there's that silly movie, uh, Walter Mitty. But I think that it's true that you spend your time thinking, man, I'd love to be traveling, or I'd love to, I wish I I knew how to dance. Or I love to to craft. I wish that I could create an Etsy store and, and sell my crafts. Or I wish I could learn how to cook. It could be something much simpler. It could be that you're there's a conversation that you've been meaning to have with someone and you're trying to find the courage, the bravery to have that conversation. It could be you're looking to lose weight and that's the thing that you're constantly thinking about and you're sort of timid about taking that first step. I don't know that I quite have wisdom yet I might still be too young to be qualified to give advice or to give wisdom. But I do have some experience. And what this last three months has shown me is that you really need to just do it. I mean, ultimately, I might have to return. But I'm proud of myself that I took the leap and and I'm in it. And... I don't really, I don't really spend my days daydreaming anymore. I don't really think, ah man, I wish I could be doing this thing because now I just do it. Oh, there's another country I want to go see. Oh, there's a cool hike I heard about or food I want to try. I'm already in it. So just now it's just about booking that flight or taking the step or it's really, it's been amazing. And I think that If you're listening and there's – if there's something, any of those things I mentioned or something different that you want to do or try or say, do it. Put in the work to do it and if you need to be creative to make it happen, be creative. So I hope that you get that message from this podcast and I hope that you get that message from Robin. He has a TED Talk, so if you put his name into YouTube and put in TED Talk – his TED Talk will come up. We cover a lot of similar things here in this episode. A uh, little bit of noise in the background. We recorded this from Setia Budi 1 in a restaurant within that like sort of mall complex. Um, but Brian, the wizard, has done an awesome job while I'm here on the road to kind of like bouncing down all that background noise as I'm recording from all sorts of weird locations. So thank you to Brian Goldsman. I love you, buddy. You are the wizard. And thank you to Robin. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you all get something from it. All right. Enjoy it, folks. Well, first of all, thank you, Robin. This is really cool. Um, First time in Jakarta.
1: Yes, no, uh, actually second time in Jakarta, but this time much more extensively.
0: Uh, How do you find it?
1: Uh, I like it a lot. uh, Well, of course, it's very different from my own country. I'm originally from Amsterdam, so the weather is much better. The food is really tasty and people are really friendly, so I'm really liking liking it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think food is really, really good here. Yes. Uh, Traffic is insane. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. How does that compare to traffic back home?
1: Yeah, back home, I would take a metro or a tram or a bus, like always public transportation. Here, public transportation is not so good, so I kind of rely on, I don't know, taxis or so. Yeah. And you can, I don't know, spend three hours just going from, I don't know, five kilometer away or like uh-huh. 10, 10 kilometer away. Yeah. Lots of
0: Gojek, lots of grab drivers, stuff yes, like that.
1: Yes, yes, to save the cost because taxis can be expensive, but Gojek is really cheap. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, listen, I've been doing this for, I've been traveling for a while. Um... I've been meeting a lot of people. I'm really fortunate to get to to meet all these interesting people. You have hit like a niche that I haven't seen many people hit and that you have a really interesting and it, it's almost like a marketing strategy in a way, but you have a really interesting way to go about meeting people while you travel. And that is through these pancake hangouts, pancake parties, pancake dinners. Yes. When and how did you come up with this idea?
1: Yeah, I didn't start like this from the beginning. Like I think I was studying in Hong Kong like nine years ago. Uh, People were making me Asian food and and asking me, oh, can I make some Dutch food? Uh, Well, I cannot cook at all, but I can make some pancake. It's super simple. So I started doing that for like 10 people and 15 people, like just small hangouts with with my uh, classmates. Then I did it back home in Amsterdam, did it like really intensively almost, like every single week just inviting my friends over, and then they invited their friends over, and they invited their friends over, and then suddenly there were a lot of strangers in my house all the time, uh, reaching maybe 100 people every single week. Uh, And these days, uh, it's crazy. It's really, yesterday in Jakarta there were maybe 300 people eating pancakes. I didn't know any one of them. They just randomly saw my advertising, saw my event. They were enthusiastic, they were curious, and, and came to the event.
0: How did you transition from that, from, from cooking for friends and people you're hanging out with, to, okay, I can now use this as a strategy to go to different cities and meet people? Like, What was that first time like?
1: Yeah, it's it's strange. It's not. It didn't go as planned, it was more coincidental like oh i'm going to uh, belgium and suddenly my friend has a birthday party and saying and and i'm like oh well maybe we can make pancakes on the birthday party or my other friend i went to berlin one weekend and uh, he said okay uh, i'm having a house party and then i said oh maybe i can make some pancakes at the house party and then it was it became for me normal to kind of cook pancakes as a way to get to know people yeah and and to really make my contribution to the party and then at one point, I'm like, well, I kind of don't really need my friends to have a house party or a birthday party. I can just approach bars, hostels, any venue, and just make my own event.
0: So you're talking about earlier, before we started recording, that you went to school abroad. Yes. When you were when you were young, did you travel with your family? Like, what was your first travel experiences?
1: Yeah, like, I have a bit of an odd history because I used to play checkers, like checkers, uh, the yeah. game. Uh, when I was really young, so I became, uh, like, I, I went a lot, like, to Russia, Ukraine, like, a lot of Eastern European but countries. Like, professionally played. Professional checkers, yeah. yeah. Really? I was second of Europe a fifth in the world with this game. Uh, I think in, in back in back in the U.S., like, when I was saying checkers, they always think it's a children game. Uh-huh. But in, in Holland and in, in, in Russia and everything, it's kind of a professional game. Like, chess has the same status. Wow. Uh, so I did that, like, uh, when I was, like, between my seventh and my seventeenth. And then, indeed, I went to school in the States. Um, I studied finance, a completely different. And also in Hong Kong, uh, as I said. And then, I don't know, the pancakes just kind of came along and, and appeared as being the thing that, that kind of, I don't know, I became kind of Mr. Pancake.
0: Yeah. Do you have a home base right now or are you completely I'm,
1: nomadic? I'm completely nomadic, so I don't live anywhere. I only receive my mail at my, my parents' place that's about it about a home base uh, and I'm always kind of couch surfing uh, wandering from city to city always thinking where to go next How long have you been living this lifestyle? I've been homeless right now for six years Six? Yeah, six years uh, but that was also where, while I was working so then then sometimes my a company can provide me for the accommodation or maybe I will write my friends like hey can you host me and really like like really fully being unemployed and being kind of traveling right now for 13 months. Okay, so I'm I'm really interested
0: in this because I'm doing that same thing now and I'm on yeah. I'm almost at month four. Yeah. Um, and I I saw your TED talk which was really cool. Yeah. You were doing consulting work.
1: Yeah. Um, f- like financial consulting. Yeah, more strategic, like for BCG. Uh, so it was just helping uh, different companies all over the world. Um, with, I don't know, a three, six-month strategy, like a sort of three or 6 months project on a strategy. Yeah. So
0: I'm really interested in that because the, the more I travel, the more I meet people who more and more just want to pursue their passions and the things that they're interested in and and not take a job that's just a job because it has a pension and healthcare and things like that. Yeah. Um what was it that made you decide to leave sort of like a, cre- a career type of trajectory to living a life of travel?
1: Yeah, so I think that may be different from the US. I think in Netherlands we are not so worried about our future or our pension or because the state kind of cares for the people so even if I would be unemployed afterwards I can still kind of get state's benefits or I can like uh. still if I would pay taxes I still get healthcare for free education for free like that's kind of all taken care of so in Netherlands people don't really fear too much to be unemployed or to to kind of get trapped in a situation where you don't have where you don't have your future taken care of and also I was kind of like uh, not so happy with my life being uh, living an un- uh, living a conventional life yeah. so just going to work from nine to well in my case nine to nine or nine to 11. Uh, I don't know just I don't know at the moment like having girlfriends uh, playing sports in the weekend, hanging out with friends but I, I kind of felt bored from that lifestyle and I kind of wanted to have an unconventional life. So I wanted every single day to be different. So today I'm speaking to you, but yeah. yesterday I had a very different day with uh, an event in Jakarta and, and sightseeing in Jakarta. And tomorrow then I fly to Philippines. So like every single day for me is different and every single day I'm meeting different people. I'm having a very special yeah, life.
0: That's amazing. Like uh, how much of the world have you been able to see? Like uh, have Pancake Hangouts made it to South America? Like
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, what's like the scope of? of- 81 countries. Really? Yeah. So it's like almost all countries in Europe, and almost all countries in Latin America, like the, the the mainland countries, not not the, the islands yet, uh, and almost all Asia, and all well, US of course, uh, Canada, and also some countries in Africa. So I'm I'm missing a lot of countries in Africa. I'm missing Australia, and New Zealand. I'm missing some Eurasian asian countries, like the Georgia, Kazakhstan, like the kind of the. But um, yeah. Maybe one day I will also go there. And yeah. Middle East I'm missing still.
0: Yeah. So how does this, like, you're like, okay, I'd like to go to Namibia in Africa. How do you set this up? Do you have, like, local fixers, or do you reach out to a business to say, can you host the party, and in return, like, people maybe buy drinks and things there? Like, how how do you establish this?
1: Yeah, so typically, I would indeed decide on my schedule two or three months ahead. I would already know, okay, I'm going to Namibia, and I will visit probably the capital and maybe two or three big cities, and I probably already know which country will be afterwards, and then I'm just fixing the location, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fixing the date, not the location yet, and then I'm already doing the marketing, so I'm trying to reach out to people locally via Facebook, via Couchsurfing, via internations, via um, other social media websites. I'm already trying to reach out to all the bars, I'm just copy-pasting the same message to all the bars, all yeah. the hostels, trying to see if they would want to host it. If I don't find anything, then I'm Asking some people there, like, hey, do you know something? Can you help me? etc. And And then I'm hoping that it will all work out.
0: And it, it has so far.
1: So far, I've never not been able to find a location.
0: Really? Yeah. No. So uh, for someone who hasn't attended an event or, or learned about this, what's an event like? What, what should somebody expect?
1: It's chaos. It's <laughs> a lot of people, like maybe uh, yesterday, uh, 300, that's, that's huge. I had, most typically it would be like, I don't know, 100 people coming. Uh, That just, uh, we have a few cooking stations. We have all the, like, I I buy all the the flour, the milk, the sugar, the egg, like simple ingredients. It's not so expensive for me, but um, it costs some money. Um, And then uh, I have the cooking stations, and people can just make pancakes. And and normally it's just chaos. Like, people just randomly go to places. We have normally a DJ, live music. Like, it's kind of like a, a whole evening of entertainment like seven to ten and then afterwards we, we go out to everybody and, and yeah people go their way
0: wow H- how are you if it's too personal we don't have to to discuss it but like how are you able to afford to do this like is there are you able to monetize this process some way or
1: if- no I, I do have some sponsors on the way so maybe sponsors that have bought me flight tickets that have bought me free accommodation okay uh, but never like like really sponsorship um, it's mostly savings right now so I'm just I had a job and I was homeless so I can kind of save money by not uh, renting something and, and these days I'm trying to live as efficient as possible so I'm always couch serving I'm always choosing cheap transportation cheap anything basically so that's kind of my way of you know, getting by
0: yeah that's like probably right now the number one question I get so like I had a I had a pretty decent job back in the states and you know on paper at least it paid well I mean, I lived in New York City, and it's really expensive to live there. Yeah. Um, but the number one question that people always ask me is, like, well, how do you afford to do this? Yeah. And yeah, like if you're using couch surfing, if you're, if you're sort of willing to, at, at times, um, not have your same standard of like comfort and cleanliness as you are at home, it's quite easy to travel the world on a, on a small dime.
1: I need to be willing to be, I don't know, a comp- like being um, being okay with less comfortable situations. Like in Hong Kong, I literally had to sleep on the floor. Or, really? Yeah, like because Hong Kong is just such a difficult city to find couch surfing. And there were some people, well, you can come, but you literally have to sleep on the floor. Or in some cities, the hygienic situations were not so good. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I had some situations where there were literally so many mosquitoes in my room that I left the place the day after because I couldn't handle the mosquitoes. Yeah. So you have to kind of be flexible and, and accommodating, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've... Uh, I, I, I just... I did a few episodes from Sri Lanka. Have you been to Sri Lanka?
1: Uh, never. I, I really want to, okay. but it was just... Like, I was in India. I was planning to go to Sri Lanka. It's quite nearby. I just couldn't make it.
0: In some of the more rural areas, yeah, the bugs were tough. But it's like... Hey man, like I get to experience Sri Lanka, and it, yes. bugs in Sri Lanka is better than ten hours a day in a cubicle back home.
1: <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, this also, it's also the way I look at it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, where maybe like you know sometimes favorites are a hard thing to answer, but like maybe like top one or two places that you visited in the world through these pancake hangouts.
1: I think that the country that I was always most curious about was Japan. I've always been kind of amazed by this country that is so isolated from the rest of the world where people are, well, very wealthy, but they don't speak any, not so much English. Yeah. Uh, people kind of do their, the, the thing their own way. And I was just so curious about this country where yeah, the, everything is so different. I was also very curious about countries like Brazil, Argentina, uh, that, that really were like, are, are still my favorites. Um, I also really enjoy being in Indonesia I enjoy also being in the States I mean it's difficult to yeah, as you say it's difficult to pick favorites I kind of enjoy being everywhere because I can always find amazing people to hang out amazing parties amazing yeah, experiences
0: yeah and people I'm assuming people are generally like really receptive to this idea and and want to come in up. like yeah. 300 people packed into a place last night that maybe fits half of that that's Yes. That's an incredible thing, man.
1: Yes. I mean, it's easy not to be receptive to free food. I mean, free food is good everywhere. And to combine free food with a party setting, with DJ, live music, etc. cetera, yeah, it, it brings people from young to old. It brings people from different cultures, different backgrounds. Like uh, Also, yesterday, there were many Muslims. Like, being in being a Muslim country in Indonesia, so they also super much enjoyed the pancake. And it was really nice to see everyone together.
0: How did the... How did the TED Talk come about? Did they, they reach out to you or...?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of this mystical process where they kind of magically select you and say, oh, do you want to give a TED Talk? Um, in my case, it was a guy who is a TED organizer in Africa, in uh, Ivory Coast. He was visiting his girlfriend in Amsterdam. He went to an event of mine. He heard me out. He didn't say that he was from TED. And at one point he said, okay, um, maybe I have some instinct to share but give me your email address and maybe later I will send you an email so I just gave my email address I mean I'm, I'm doing this all the time and 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 then two months later I received an email like hey you've been selected to come to TED to, to speak to a, a event in in Ivory Coast uh, do you want it uh, you have to finance everything yourself you have to book your own accommodation and then flights and everything and I'm like well it's an investment I, I, I mean of course it, it's my way of showing the world what I'm doing or telling the world what I'm doing so it's all worth the investment uh, I did it I well the, the way towards the event is a very long and painful way of practicing your, your speech every single day and really rehearsing it uh, because you have only one opportunity to tell the world your, your story um, but yeah it was all worth it yeah.
0: to me this is such again it's such a unique way to live this type of a lifestyle um I'm wondering, like, are you ever going to have another component, like another medium to where you're doing like a video diary of this or a blog or a podcast or does this become a book?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. No. Many people, they always ask me, like, what are you going to do with this? But I mean, so far, I'm just enjoying the, the journey and I don't really think about end goals or, or what should it be. I, I also think it's way too soon to write a book because I haven't collected all the experiences yet, there will be so many more experiences that I'm curious about how they will develop and what it will be. Maybe when I get to more quiet moment or when I have time to sit down and, and reflect on these experiences, maybe I suddenly know in which package I should make this story uh, in.
0: Yeah. For for people, again, like, I've talked to a lot of people, and I think that it's a weird, uh, I think we're probably of a, of a similar generation in that it's a weird time because a lot of people at least from the state's perspective uh, they don't want to really follow in the path that their parents took. Like they they respect the work that the parents did to keep the family together but in the states at least like upwards of 55% of marriages right now are ending in divorce. Um, You know uh, unhappiness is high suicide is high and so people don't want to just kind of get caught up in the rut of career, marriage, family, young, and all of that. And I think a lot of people are looking for a way out. And what you've done is something incredibly creative. And so I'm always saying to people, like, a lot of people say, oh, you've got a podcast. So many people have podcasts now. Like, everybody's got a podcast. Yeah, but, like, maybe you'll find that particular idea or that niche that is untapped and undeveloped. Do you have any advice for people like that? Like, I'm really curious about how you came up with such a unique idea.
1: Um, yeah, no, no, I, I understand that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm also... I also understand the reasons why people may, may be unhappy with their life or their head. I mean, the more, more, unconventional, the more conventional life. And um, Do I really have advice for people? Um, I mean, in, in the end, uh, people live their lives not completely freely right like the the, the 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 reason why i could suddenly quit everything i have back home and just start traveling the world is because i'm not married i don't have children i don't have a house i don't have like some people are married some people are have to do have children and they have things at home that, that keep them being home and that 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 prevent them from traveling um so i also understand uh people situations that everyone has different situation um, um, yeah, I think it's a very individual decision that that I'm also not sure that everybody would be equally happy with the, the way I live my life. Yeah. So sometimes I feel extremely lonely, even though I meet a lot of people. Some days I'm like, well, or I feel miserable. And, and I don't have my loved ones around me to, to share my misery with. Um, or like, like it's, yeah, it, it, has, it has upsides, it has downsides.
0: I'm really glad you said that, man, because... Um, that is something that I think people don't realize when they do take this plunge. Uh, one of the things that I've found is a little bit difficult and I've done this, uh, to a much lesser extent than you, but I always have to be on in the sense that when you're constantly meeting new people, you're constantly telling your story, you know, like over and over. Like, he's kind of like exactly what we're doing now. Um, so literally, day to day, you could be having the same conversations that you've had for the last three months, and you always have to be on and personable and friendly. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, you just want to be left alone. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt that.
1: Well, even during events, sometimes I just walk out of the event. I just go for a walk around the block, ah. and I come back after 15 minutes. And of course, the event still runs, right? The event is still running. I'm, I'm not the one cooking, I'm not the one responsible for anything, except that I'm the one promoting the event initially and and, and organizing it. So, sometimes I also need my own space, even during the event, and I I don't want to be always approached, hey Robin, why do you organize the event? Robin, can you tell me more about this? Robin, can we make a picture? I mean, it's it's kind of overwhelming, especially yesterday with with such an amount of people. Um, I'm so grateful, I'm so happy for all the people that are so happy about it, but then at one point I also feel really, really tired.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, just the other thing of like constantly moving, is tiring. Constantly flying, constantly taking buses, it can be rough. Yeah. Um, what do you hope that people attending your dinners get out of? Uh, I, I keep calling it dinner. I'm sorry. It's it's more of a party and a hangout. But yeah. what do you, what do you hope that people take from that?
1: Mm. Well, so very. Simply, I hope that they will enjoy the evening and they will meet a lot of people that will continuously that they will continuously will meet because I'm hoping that there will be like-minded people who are uh, fun, e- uh, easygoing, open-minded. I, c- I kind of always attract the same kind of um, uh, type of people on a more on a more high level. I'm hoping that they will kind of be inspired, maybe on a, on an unconventional life, the way I live, but maybe also be inspired in that they might think of organizing their own events that they might think about how they can bring their own community together. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, of course, not for everybody equally easy to, to do. Um, some people, they think, oh, no, I'm too introvert for that, or no, I'm too, I don't know, I, I, don't, I cannot take the initiative for that. Yeah. So I, I understand people's yeah, uh, situations. Are you
0: primarily using um, couch surfing for, for lodging and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think in the past thirteen months, I think I only paid for accommodation maybe twenty days. Really? Uh.
0: Do you know who Jackson Groves is? No. He's a traveling photographer, but I had him on, and, and, and his was a similar story where he's got such a massive following, and so I think a lot of people think, oh well, now he's like staying in hotels and things like that. And he said, like, no, I don't spend more than like eight dollars in a day for like total. Yeah. It's an incredible thing, man.
1: Yeah, no, um, maybe I spend more than $8 per day because, uh, well, if, if you're in Japan, it's difficult to spend yeah, yeah. $8 per day and sometimes I do need a hotel in the city of center or something like that. Like, but, but yeah, of course, if, if I can get a good deal or I'm always looking for kind of the, the, the value deals or if I can stay in couchsurfing comfortably, then I would stay uh, stay there.
0: What has the reaction been from people back home in the Netherlands and your family? Like, is there, do you have a spotlight on you? Is there a lot of attention that this has garnered?
1: Mm. I think they are very supportive. They really uh, approve what I do. They really think it's original and they they visit me from time to time. So I have different people around me that uh, one friend, one close friend went to Japan. Um, My my family went to Indonesia to visit me for three weeks. Really? Oh, that's awesome. They really enjoy the the events. Um, They also really enjoy the the, the work I do for social enterprises. So I'm helping NGOs when I'm traveling and helping them with strategy. So also here in Jakarta, I was helping maybe 10 NGOs. Wow. Uh, so
0: just
1: like different aspects of my trip that I really enjoy. They're also they're also like, okay, when are you coming back home? Like, uh, we miss you. We want to see you more often. But then it's kind of difficult for me because I'm always longing for more adventure, more travel, more experiences.
0: Yeah. I, that's a familiar feeling. Do, do you think that will ever go away?
1: No, I'm not sure. Um, on the one hand, I do think that I will always kind of be attached to the events of the pancake and etc but not in the same extent I'm doing it two times a week right now which is very very tiring very intense yeah yeah um, I'm also uh, yeah probably also the, the travel will well when I get older probably I will be still traveling but not as intense as right now like I'm not on the like I'm right, right now I'm on the road two times a week also so it's very tiring wow man so
0: I know you're going to the Philippines like how far out do you know where you're going to be? Like, do you know where you're going to be after the Philippines already? Or
1: Yeah, probably. Um, I, I have IDs. It also depends a bit on uh, how long I want to travel. So uh, there's some thoughts that I want to travel for longer, some thoughts that I maybe want to settle down for a while, work work a bit, and then continue. Like, it, It's also a bit of uncertainty on, on some projects I might be involved in, and that I can also get a paid assignment in, instead of uh, right. always volunteering. Oh, so that that NGO work is
0: volunteer work?
1: That's currently volunteer work, but maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's good for your resume, yeah. And
0: And you always try to, like ahead of time, you try to link those things up, so there's a city that will host the Pancake Hangout, but also there's an NGO or a company that can use my services
1: at the same time. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to combine both, yeah.
0: Yeah, brilliant, man. Yeah, and you can do uh, consulting work also you can do, I'm assuming, abroad.
1: Yeah, so I I do it remotely mostly because I'm only having one meeting with the NGO and then I'm already almost leaving the country or leaving the city. Uh, So then I continue to support remotely on any topic. So here in, uh, like I've supported, for example, uh, Red Cross already for six months and here in Jakarta for WWF. uh, Oh, wow. And I'm going to help them in the upcoming two months. And for the SOS Children Villages, also some work on on another strategy. So it's always like, different uh, NGOs and different projects.
0: When you're traveling places and you're not meeting people, it's not one of your events, like, what are you trying to do? What are your favorite things about getting to a new place that don't have anything to do with sort of the hangouts and the work?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's probably not too similar as what most people do, just discovering the city, walking around, just... Eating local food, um, meeting or uh, like try I'm trying to join activities that my couchsurfing host joins. Like they have their friends and they have their activities to do. So I'm just I don't know, in, in some countries I went to salsa classes, in some countries. Oh, cool. I went to Japanese writing, like or, uh, in, in, in Japan. Like in, in I'm trying to kind of do what the locals do and and yeah, try more to live like a local rather than a tourist. When you were younger, did you ever think like, hey, this could be my life. I could
0: be nomadic. I could see, I could see the world. I could be a very interesting person to a lot of
1: people. Yeah, I think I was more introverted. So, I, I, as I told you, I, I played checkers before. Yeah. So I was really into the game, but not really easy with people. So I never thought I would be like this. Like right now, I'm feeling much more extroverted. So I don't know, I don't know what changed in me or why I changed. But um, yeah, I'm quite different from who I used to be when I was young
0: that's actually pretty interesting because uh, I was a bit introverted as well like even I think like through like grad school I used to actually have some trouble with like the grad school format where you'd have to kind of sit in a circle and talk about the week's reading all the time and I felt like things like this where you sort of force yourself into it I don't know if it's a similar situation for you but like if you're sort of forced to be center stage like the the face of that party it forces you out of that shell a bit
1: true yeah maybe I I don't know some people they call it tricks. Some people they call it tech- like maybe maybe you 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 just become better at handling big crowds, especially if they if you feel that they're very receiving for what you do and what you bring, and they're very positive and helpful, and then it's it makes it easier to become more extroverted and to become the the one organizing and, and leading the group. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know you said you don't plan really long term, but you mentioned the possibility of sponsors. Do you ever reach out to like? I don't know if any international brands, but like in America, we have Bisquick, which is like yeah. a pancake batter. Do you ever reach out to them and say like, hey, I'm doing this cool thing that has to do with pancakes, like just want you to take notice?
1: Yeah, they already sponsored me. So oh, really? I had, um, I had a pancake brand in Holland that sponsored me a few times and um, also a pan brand and several hotel chains sponsoring me with free, free accommodation. Really? Free, uh, transportation, yeah.
0: Oh, that's brilliant, man. Do you ever like think of... Like, tinkering
1: with a recipe and putting out your own style of pancake? Um, I can. I, I mean, I, I use their mix sometimes. Uh-huh. But I still kind of, I don't know, I, I rely on my own recipe. Like, I, I know what to put in and I know how it will turn out. But for me, it's not about the the pancake. It's more about the whole event. So if I have to change my recipe, I don't really care too much because it's not not that's not the goal.
0: Oh. Uh-huh. No. So, for the foreseeable future you're going to be doing this. I know no long-term plan, but you don't even think like, eh, I'll cap this at five years. Are you just going to keep doing this and and it grows and grows and grows? Are you going to think about maybe only doing it one day a week so that you're not so busy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean... You'll taper it down? This this is what I love doing. This is what I know how to do. This is what I know works if I go to a place. I mean, mean, okay, Jakarta is maybe easy to meet people, but... Smaller cities in in uh, in Indonesia, like Malang or Popolingo or put place where people have never heard about normally in in the U.S. or in Europe. Um, how are, how on earth are you going to meet people there? Like right. it's difficult. Most people just book a hotel and just go there and just book a tour and then that's that's their trip. Um, uh, but my, yeah. my goal is to really meet the locals, and it's difficult. And This Pancake ID kind of allowed me or enabled me to meet the locals, to have a fun time, to really get to know them. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool, man. Like, it it, it sounds so simple, right? We're talking about pancakes here. But in a much larger context, like something, again, my context is the United States. Right now, the United States is, like, incredibly tribal. And I think you're actually starting to see this in a lot of places around the world where people are identifying with their group. Whatever, it it could be an interest group, it could be your religion and ethnicity and nationality, and you're in one group or the other. Like, there's not a lot of gray area anymore. And the thing that I think that can fix that is you sit and you listen to people, you talk to people, you meet people, you experience their culture. And you're, through pancakes, which is quite a simple thing, you're providing them that access and that medium Just like you said, in a place where maybe you would just go and travel to but not meet a bunch of people, now you can plug into a group of 300 people who are all just kind of willing to meet you and listen to your story. I I think that's a beautiful thing, man.
1: It's it's my kind of recipe for for meeting people and for exploring new um, experiences.
0: That's so cool. All right. How can people um, find you, learn about this, uh, hear about a pancake meetup in their city?
1: How can people find you? I don't really do too much of like these kind of, I don't know, I I don't have any vlog. I don't have any like blog. I I have like all my events posted on my Facebook page, Dutch Pancake events. I kind of have my own Instagram channel, but not really a channel for the Pancake only. Um, So I think that the Facebook channel would be the best uh, kind of page like on on the the Dutch Pancake events uh, to follow all the events, to follow all the photos. uh.
0: What's your name on there?
1: Uh, Dutch pancake events.
0: Dutch pancake events. Okay. And we will link to that in the show notes. Uh, Robin, again, I think this is like a really brilliant idea. And I hope that it can inspire people to sort of think outside the box and show people that this is possible. Like, you don't need to come from money. You don't need to have a lot of money to do this. But you, you, if you are creative and you think of a new niche, it does open up a lot of doors for you and make sort of this sort of long term sustainable travel possible. Um, so, thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, welcome! Yeah, th- 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 thanks for having me on the show.
0: Awesome! Cheers. <laughs> All right, folks, that was episode number seventy-six. Thank you for listening. Please check the show notes for this episode, and you will find links to Robin's social media. If you want to support this podcast and you have the financial means to do so, please head on over to Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash/The Voyages of Tim Vetter. That is a subscription-based service where you can give $0.50, cents, $1, $5, $100 a month, and that will go to furthering this content, and it will help to support and fund more interviews and conversations from around the world. If you cannot support financially and still want to support, you can do so by leaving a five-star rating in review on iTunes or the pop, the podcast application, that you most often use. Okay, folks, as always, thank you so much and take care of each other.